Today on the podcast, we have Steve Carter, author and speaker. We're in the season where I don't know what five years from now is. I know I I know I'm put on this earth to to preach and to write and to pastor. I don't know what that's going to look like. And so it's it's requiring daily manna. It's requiring daily dependence. It's requiring the God of just enough to continue to guide us and lead us, which sometimes our Western culture helps us not have to entertain. Welcome to Captain's Corner, a podcast about community, mission, and culture. This podcast is a ministry of the Salvation Army of Tampa, where we exist because we believe every person can be the person God has called them to be. Please check us out at tampasa.org and give us a follow on Twitter at SalArmyTampa. And of course, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. We'd like to take a moment to recognize our sponsors for helping to make this podcast possible. Thank you to RegisterToRing.com and to a very generous anonymous donor. We hope you guys enjoy the episode. Hey, this is Captain's Corner, Captain Andy Miller um, coming to you from Camp Keystone. And I am with my new friend, Steve Carter, who is a preacher, pastor, and author. Steve, thanks for coming to Captain's Corner. Hey, man, this is an honor. We're here in... Uh... In an office at Camp Keystone. That's right. And uh, man, they, they treat you well here. They That's treat right. you well yeah, here. Yeah, you it's, know? A, it's a beautiful camp. Well, we're in a cool 85 degrees. It's like it's like winter here. <laughs> it's, a win- it's, it's, <laughs> it's great. Well, I wanted to get a chance. I, I have not met you till today. That's right. And you've done Salvation Army events all over the country, maybe even all over the world. And of course, you're really well known as a speaker and communicator. God's using you in a mm, powerful way. It's kind. Um, and like, for instance, you did, you've done the Territorial Youth Institute a lot. You've done things at our Bible conference, but this is my first time being around you. Yeah. So I, I, people not, might not believe me. I haven't interacted with you before. I'd love to just get your, your story yeah. and like what, where you started. I mentioned you heard you from California, yeah. but then Michigan, Chicago, yeah. you're, you work with the, my team, the Chicago Bears. Yeah. I want, I'd love to hear about how God's led your life. Yep. Yeah, so I grew up in Southern California. And my parents weren't following Christ, but I went to a church. Um, I, I went to a school that had a church connected to okay. it. So when I was in junior high, I was seventh grader. There were two high schoolers, okay. a part of the school. Okay. okay. Their names were Dominic and Nathan. Okay. And they went by the name Dominate, which is just oh, awesome. Oh, nice. Okay. And so that's fine. Uh, Dominic, one day after playing basketball said hey carter do you want to learn how to dominate life and he just took me under his wing and he they dominic and nathan were the first like christ followers i ever saw or at least the kind of people that i saw something different in them and i wanted what they had okay i wanted like the way people respected them i I loved that they were fun and they they just they they carried themselves they were laughing they just they had this joy the lord like i didn't know i wouldn't call it that that then but um so about seven months into them kind of subversively intentionally discipling me right i just started riding my bike to church and okay. said yes to jesus and wow. uh, my ninth grade year a great youth pastor came in and took me under his wing and right. developed me and um and then i i got to leave my mom be part of her story of her coming to faith and wow. then my dad coming to faith my sophomore year of college and when wow. he came to faith he felt like god say sell everything he was a business guy. 
and moved to Grand Rapids where he grew oh up. Oh my goodness. I lived in Grand Rapids for years. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Interesting. So we, we moved there and there was a church that was getting started there and that and I was a film major at the time. I thought I wanted to tell stories. Were you going to school, college in I was going Grand to Rapids? college in California. Okay. And then I just felt like and God is at work in my family sure. and I ended up going with them. And I thought I would just go to CC for, and then maybe go to U of M, University okay. of Michigan or somewhere. And um, that's when I felt like God said, no, I want you to tell my story. Awesome. And so I um, went back to California, went to a Bible college. What school was that? Uh, it was called Hope International University. Okay. And so I was there and then went back to the church in Michigan. Okay. And I was there for a number of years. And that's when I got connected with Uprock, okay. um, which was a, like a creative kind of crew uh ed escobar and oh, okay and, yeah uh, bobby miga and interesting we were doing yeah. a camp together and ed and bobby were like went home and told the penhales you gotta get this guy to come to tyi okay, interesting and so uh major art and ann penhale gave me a call one time and i showed up and we were at camp hoblitzell yes. in uh, midlothian i think uh, yeah, texas, texas yeah. and I kid you not, God just worked. God wow. did, and I had never been around such a diverse crew. I'd never been around just such a spirit-filled crew. And it was just, it was so good for my soul. I didn't feel like I was teaching as much as I was receiving from God and right. receiving from these students. And um, and just under the the, the Penhales leadership, and um, God just started open doors to youth councils and right. uh, ARC events and officers councils and i'll be at bible conference next year so really excited so awesome. so yeah. like if, uh, some some of my listeners who might not know about some of these events steve's talking about there are uh the salvation army every division which is basically a state will kind of separate and have these events that are geared toward youth or geared for the pastors in a given state so like right now we're at the florida officers councils then there's times where we bring all of the youth from a region together so steve's become one of those speakers there and is really god's really used him uniquely in the life of the army, you like Bible conference. I, I did it in 2015. It's yeah. a great, oh, it's, it's a great environment to speak at. It is, it is. So I, I've, I've just had this this really luxury of going around. But when I was in that, I still was at that church in, in yes, yes, Grand yes. Rapids. You're serving a church all all while. Yeah, like were you a teaching pastor? I was, teach, I was okay. doing student ministry then, and then okay. kind of then I moved to California. Okay, I was at a church called Rock Harbor and was doing uh, kind of teaching pastor and kind of started a campus for them. And okay, um, okay. And while I was in Michigan, I met uh, Bill Hybels, and he kind of became a mentor. Okay, um, and knew his, obviously Bill Hybels, the founder of Willow, Willow Creek, Creek Community yep. Church, like the mother of all mega churches, <laughs> yeah, so to speak. And, and so he he invited me out to Willow in 2012. Okay, and, uh, we moved our family from California to Chicago, and um, was kind of a I was overseeing evangelism and was a teaching pastor there. Okay, and was there up until uh, last year of August, August okay. of last year. So yeah, and so at some point you were even named to be like the succeeding lead I, teaching pastor yep, there. Yeah, yep. they, they decided to break the role up into two positions and. Uh, they had an executive function role who um, went to one person, and then they had a teaching, kind of like a, uh, you know, overseeing content congregation is what I kind of broke it down to, and and so that was my the, my shoes wow. that I was stepping into. So I mean, so we're dealing with somebody here with Steve. I'm I'm talking to the people who are listening. This is a kind of a master communicator. I mean, you you stepped into that spot. I mean, people were coming to that church 
tens of thousands of people and you have this huge pressure of this well-known person who's is it is it pressure or weight i mean what's the best way a, a privilege i mean it's all these things yeah. kind of tied together how, i mean how how did you work through that that year you were there or however long it was that you're serving well i think for me honestly um yeah there's always pressure right there's, yeah, yeah. there's pressure in what we do and um but i i think i had always followed really great communicators it was always a number two or number three um as i was developing in my early 20s mid 20s i was at rock harbor was following a guy by the name of mike erie who was just an amazing communicator um you know i was with uh rob bell at the very early days in in michigan and i was you know number two number three communicator there in my mid-20s so what was the name of that church mark that was mars hill Hill. yeah so was was there till 2009 and then was at rock harbor and so i i kind of was in this unique place of getting to watch really gifted communicators at their craft and Finding my own voice and being entrusted and realizing, oh, I'm not like the guy. I'm just a guy who fills in for the guy, you know, and, and, um, and I think it allowed me just to kind of not take myself so seriously. Yeah. Interesting. Second thing is like, uh, you know, Paul will tell Timothy, don't ever neglect your gift. Right. Like work at your gift. First, first Timothy four. And he, and he just keeps saying, um, such like powerful words like about not neglecting it like keep working at it and then he says people ought to see your development wow so for me i just have always taken that like i'm i had a couple messages where i felt that was that was that was like the best of the best wow but i've had so many more that that intro could have been tighter yeah, yes. story could have had more of a pump punch. That transition could have—I could have pastored that better. I, right. I, I, I diesel too much in that idea, and I just—I just love the craft of Amen. communication. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I loved the fact that healthy preaching is having a conversation with the congregation. Yes, and helping them be able to, in turn, have a conversation with their Creator. Amen. And so, yeah. just trying to create the means. For that in compelling and honest and human and applicable ways. Well, let's just say it again. So you say healthy preaching is having a healthy conversation with the congregation. Yeah. And then also to help the people you're serving have a healthy, what'd you say? So I say, yeah, having a healthy conversation with the congregation. Yeah. So that the congregation can in turn have a conversation awesome. with our creator. Yes. You know, and, yes. and that's, you, you want to set that up. I never want the sermon to be the last, like I'm the end of the, of the, the conversation. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, want yeah. them to have start to like, to start it, yes. continue it, apply it, bring it to their chair time, to their time with yes, God yes. and go, man, how, how am I doing this? How, yes. what? And bring it to their small group. Yes. You know, that kind of stuff. So I, I'd like to sit on this for a little bit. Um, as a as a preacher myself, I love to like just hear how people approach things. And what what is your process for developing a message? Like how much time do you give? How do you like what uh, even Fred Craddock, Fred Craddock talks about being two seats. You mentioned a chair. Like you have a, a seat that you sit in like that's kind of like a, a hard studying seat where you go and you get into the text and you you 
figure out everything you can. You're trying to develop like what the passage says, but then you make a move to like a, a comfortable seat where you develop like how you're going to say it. So you got to get something to say, then you figure out how you're going to say it. I mean, people have all kinds of ways to think about it, but what do you, how do you think, how do you approach the, the process of preaching? Well, I think it depends. One, okay. is it a... Am I being handed a, a topic okay. or a verse, right? right? So let's say if I'm being handed a topic or a verse, I'm looking for what's the soul okay. of the text? What okay. was the author's intent? What's the context, right? It's so easy to jump to what's what's an application of, you know, I can, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, right? But that if it's not first beginning in the original like meaning, yeah. we're going to be doing hermeneutical gymnastics and I don't right. think it really, I think we lose the punch and the power of the author's intent. So I want to learn that, but I want to find the soul of it. Right. Right. So a lot of times I think young communicators will jump to a commentary. Right. Right. right and they just, yes. they, they jump to go, okay, what's the authority say on right. this? Neglecting that you're the authority of your core. Hmm. You know them. Right. You know your congregation. You know your right. audience. So what I tend to do is, if I'm given a text, is I just start asking questions. Right. And I I probably ask a hundred questions of the text. Right. And then I'm asking questions like, when I think about the faces in the seats, what question are they going to ask about John 15? Hmm. Mm-hmm. What What are they going to ask? Right. And and what I geek out about. They might not even care about right. It. Sure. So, yeah. <laughs> so I'm just just trying to find what's the soul. So, like, if you think of this, the movie Walk the Line with Johnny Cash, sure. he goes and he he's like in a three piece gospel band, yeah. and he wants to get signed to Memphis, and so he starts to play. And as he's starting to play, he's watching the guy who's like kind of mixing just tune out, and he realizes the guy's not into it. I'm not wow. going to get signed. So he kind of stops and goes, "What what's wrong? You don't like it?" And the guy goes. I don't think you actually believe what you're singing. Wow. Sing me something that matters. And that's when he sings the song about his brother who died, who his father blamed him for. Right. And he sings that and the guy leans in. Yes. He found the soul. Yes. He found the honest and the human and he found that. That's in there. Mm. That's in the scriptures. Yes. Our job is to mine what is the soul of the verse, the right. soul intent, and what is going to lead to kind of that soul renewal for our people. And so I spend time marinating in that. And if I can get that, then I try and get it into one sentence. If I can't get it okay, to one, one sentence, sentence. Okay. it's not worthy yeah. of preaching. Uh, that's an old like... What, what, do you have something you want that sentence to say? Like, is it, does it need to include something? Well, Ken Davis, who uh, is amazing, yeah. he was a mentor, he's an amazing uh, preacher, but he... He talks about how you have two types of talks. You have a um, enabling talk. Okay. So that would be like every Salvation Army officer can remain in the vine by following these three steps. So okay. steps is plural. By and can are enabling. Okay. But there's also a persuasive. And persuasive is like you should do this, right? right. So every Salvation Army officer should have a quiet time because of these three reasons, right? right? So, yeah, yeah. so you're either going to persuade an audience to make a decision or you're going to inspire them and enable them to figure out how. One's like, you're stupid if you don't do this. And right. one is, I really believe you can do yeah, this, right? right? Yeah. So I think you got to figure out what's, 
am I trying to persuade people right. yes. or am I trying to enable people? Am I trying wow. to help uh, equip them kind of thing? So um, I typically work on a sentence and then I move to note cards. Okay. Um, and well, actually, that sentence is real important. That sentence that's, is really that's important. everything. Everything. Like everything. And sometimes the sentence will drift, but um, before the note cards, I, I do a ton of study, like on the context and verse right, and right. all that. Then I move to note cards and, and I'm almost trying to create a storyboard okay. that can both go um, linear, like a train yeah. track, and also function as like a stock market graph. Okay. So most people, when they write their sermons, they're writing Roman numeral one, A, one, yeah, two, sure. yeah, all that. Yeah, thing. Yeah, right? It's no just. Thanks. But what makes a message is energy. Mm. Like what, where, and sometimes the energy is in a pause. Sometimes the energy is in a story. Sometimes it's in a laughter. Sometimes it's in humor. But what's the thing that's keeping people in there? And right, so right. I just map out the talk to make sure, like, hey, it's clear, and then I map it out on energy to see, hey, where's the this is just too deep or too slow. You need a little bit of a story. And so I map that out. And, and then I have the note cards and I eliminate note cards and I keep the note cards and then I just kind of memorize that way. And then I'll typically manuscript um, on my phone with my thumb. Okay. So you then take, you do a manuscript of your card. So you put your cards mm-hmm. together, you have your plot, your yep. whole like how you're going to keep people's energy yep. kind of engaged to the point where you're taking yep. them. And then you go to a manuscript. Is a manuscript something that you come back to, or is that just so that you know what you did? Or, so yeah, yeah. Manu- manuscripts. Manuscripts just trying to get it out. Right. So I'll do it two ways. One is I'll type it out because I I do better going slower with my thumb, of just writing, reflecting. But there's also an app. Typing it out. You mean typing type, out? Text it like I'll, speaking it. I do that too, but I'll I'll text I'll type it out with my thumb. Like I'm like shooting, like I'm oh, writing an oh, email. Oh, I got you. Okay. So like I'm literally, I'm just like I'm walking and I'm literally just because I I feel like the movement yes, yeah. helps my brain. I hear you. And so I just do that. And then um, there are times where I'll go back and forth between that and then Otter. Which is a an app where then okay, you yeah, can yeah. speak mm-hmm. into your phone, um, and sometimes I just want to riff on how would I say it? No, nope. yeah, yeah, get that yeah, tighter. How would I say it? And I just I just practice it, and then we'll go back to typing, and then back to Otter, and then I just coalesce the whole thing together. My preaching mentor was Dr. Ellsworth Callis, who ended up being the president of Asbury Seminary. He was probably in his 80s when I took preaching with him, but he taught us to preach without notes or manuscript, and he had all sorts of tips and techniques to do it. One thing like is is like a similar what you do with the cards, like drawing pictures out and graphing things out. But I always know I can, if I have anything in front of me, it's one thing, but if I can do it backwards, do you do, what other tips do you have? Like that, that helps me. I do that type of thing to memorize because I love it. And part of the reason, like I'm a, while I'm I'm listening to you and I hope I can do this too in my own preaching. I'm afraid to take my eyes off of you because you're looking at me. It's good. It's yeah. good. I, like yeah. you've got me, yeah. and I want yeah. to. I yeah. want to stay engaged. Yeah. yeah. So, the, I mean, that's a key thing. I mean, singers do the same thing. They, they're gonna they're gonna keep their eyes on the crowd. Right. So tell me, how, tell me some of those uh, memorizing. Maybe isn't the best word because you're yeah. like ad libbing in the moment. But yeah. talk about that a little bit more. Well, you know, one day I was with uh, I was in my twenties, and I was had the privilege to sit with. Um, Erwin McManus and oh, yeah. Francis Chan and Rob oh, Bell at a, at like a, at a, and then this was probably, man. God's was, opened up amazing know, doors crazy. in your life. It's crazy. It's it was great. like 19, probably like, it was probably like 2001 or something, but it was like super early. And I remember, I remember Francis one day said, 
hey, you guys ever had this moment where you're preaching and then it's like a story gets just dropped from the heavens into your mind and you decide to go with it and the whole message goes to another level. Yeah. And Erwin goes, you know where that happens. All right. And Francis is like, I don't know. And Erwin goes, you know where that happens. And literally, I'm grabbing a napkin and I had a pen. I was oh, like, yeah, going to just take whatever <laughs> wisdom he gave. And, and Erwin said something that was so helpful for me as a young communicator. He just said, when you prepare, you give the spirit more freedom to move. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. when you're not prepared, you're fixated and focused on transitions. Mm-hmm. You're not fixated on what's happening in the room. Yeah, sure. You're not sure. fixated on what God wants to do in and through you mm-hmm. for the congregation. You're not having a conversation with the congregation. You are trying to ensure I nail this one point. Right. So for me, I just, I keep mental cues, whether that could be with a drawing, that could be with a prop. That could be with a PowerPoint slide. That could be with a verse with the word yeah, yeah. underlined. And I have a little bit of a legend of like uh, certain underlines or certain brackets. Yeah, they sure. just mean certain things just to kind of give my brain a tell like, oh, remember story or hey, emphasize this point or this is the Greek word or Hebrew word. Right, right. So it just helps me. You just have to find the way your mind works, the way God wired you, and how to keep your voice. Yes. And, yeah, just try to get your hours in of just Yeah, now how, how many hours do you think you give toward, to an average half an hour, 45-minute talk? I know it's different for everybody, and don't take this legalistically. Anybody's no, here, I'm just kind of, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's – I work so far out. Okay. So – like I'm working on stuff for February right now. Okay. So I'm I'm probably putting in a few hours each week, right? So you're just and I think I think when you when you are a communicator and this is what you do, you're constantly trying to receive ideas yes mine ideas yes marinate ideas and translate ideas right mm-hmm. so if if you forget or take time off then yeah. then then you're just and so many people are just waiting till Tuesday or Thursday for a message on Saturday i i'm i'm waiting like if i wait that I'll, it'll be terrible I just know that. So I probably put in 25 to 40 hours over a given few months, but that's, that's spread out. Yeah. That's sure, lived. Sure. That's, I'm sitting at lunch and I'm having a conversation. Like I have this random idea about the desert and it being this. And what do you think about this? Or I jump on a phone call with a mentor and I say, yeah. Hey, I got this idea. Here's what I'm working on. These three ideas, da, 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 da. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm just trying it on like a stand up comedian. Yeah. So stand up comedian shows yeah. up to a, to a, to an, uh, a club super late at night and they're just trying to get, Hey, I got nine jokes. Let's see if I can get three of them that don't bomb all oh, three of them. And they take those three. Yeah. Then they try nine more jokes at another club. Yeah. And another club. And all they're trying to build is for a 60-minute set. Yes. Yes. So what what I'm trying to do is is build into and live it, try it on. Oh, yes. That doesn't really actually – that's not going to help. That's not going to help my friend who's an addict. That's not going to yeah. help my 
family member who doesn't believe. That's not going to help the guy at the bar. It's not yes. going to help the person who who's gambling. Like, right. I, how do I ensure what I'm saying is getting to the person? I love that you brought the comedians. You actually made me think of a comedian today. Not because of yeah. this. If you're, you have some yeah. funny things no. along the way. But I love Jim Gaffigan. And he came up to – there's one point where you – he does this little thing where every now and then he like – turns into a critic yeah and he'll just say why did he say that yeah you know, totally. and I, you did that today yeah. and i thought i wonder if he is influenced by somebody yeah. like jim gaffigan yeah. now, tell me uh non-preacher non-theologian non-biblical scholars who have influenced your preaching like who, communi- other communicators alton brown okay help me out uh food network okay so if you oh yeah the science guy so, right, right? so yeah. he he he's the guy who Man, the science of the food, right? Science he figures, of yeah, food, yeah, 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 yeah. And he okay. just he he would do exegesis on the food. Where where did where do we learn how to cook lamb this way? I mean, he's doing hermeneutical interpretation awesome. studies on how we got to cook lamb, or how we actually began to to start mining salt to right. be used as a flavor for food. It, it, and I just was like. That's really he he makes salt fascinating. Yeah, sure. Yeah. He makes lamb chops fascinating. Um I think we could do that with Interesting. Sanctification. <laughs> yeah, you know, with I think God's could, word. Yes, you know. So Awesome. Yeah. Any, anybody else? Any any comedians or people like that? that um, you, I, I'm fascinated by comedians because yeah. they can get up for an hour and say nothing. Right, yeah. like they're not trying to get me to do anything. They're just trying to make people laugh, and they hold your attention the whole right, time. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think that, um, there, man, there's like a handful. I mean, what's always hard is like in these conversations, is you kind of go blank for a second, oh, and yeah. then you get done, and you're like, ah, oh, I wish I would have said this for a But I, I think, I think that generally, anybody who can articulate an idea yes. or a theme and expand it yeah. for a five minute, 12 minute, 30 minute, you know, yeah, anybody like, you can do that. Right. Any, any, yeah. any venue. And, and that like, would be a I remember, you need to listen to. Yeah. I remember Ellen DeGeneres a number of years ago did a whole talk on procrastination and she started with a joke that she wanted to tell and yeah. then procrastinated for 60 minutes. Wow. And never finished the joke. And it was all on how we're a culture of procrastinators. It was genius just in the concept of how did someone come up with right. that idea? So, again, it's it's those kinds of things that you look at and you go, gosh, like, um, that was – that, that, that could have been a sermon – uh, I'm going to teach you a message and then someone just got super distracted for yeah. third and people are like, what's going on? Just get yeah, to the sure. talk. Just get to the talk. Just get, yeah, yeah. and this is how many of us live. Around. You know, I just, yeah, you just sure. get your mind going. So, yeah. and so who are um, uh, preachers that you admire? Who are some that come to mind? Man. So I went through a long season where I listened to a lot of people and then I've honestly not yeah. been listening to people. I think you get to a point where, um, you, you can start to mimic people's voices. Sure. Um, or you can't, I mean, there's just so many ideas out there. And I think with, with Instagram, I mean, I, I follow everybody who most people follow, yeah. um, you know, from Andy Stanley's right. and, 
Um, I love Harvey Carey. Um, I love Daniel Strickland. I mean, yeah. I just love like all these different like yeah. Eugene Cho. Yeah. Um, just the, a, I like diverse voices. I like female voices. I like um, Tim Keller's yeah. like just biblical like oh you know and everyone's going to teach me something. Yes. So yes, Tim Keller teaches me how do I. How do I see the gospel in every story that I preach? Yeah. Most, a lot of times we don't know how to do that. He's mm-hmm. a, he could talk about, you know, uh, Rachel from the Old Testament and make a tie in to yes. the, to the gospel. That's a great skill to learn. Um, you know, there's a, a lot of younger voices. There's uh, some liturgical voices. Yeah, sure. So it's just trying to find, um, I really respect how this person has is really good with storytelling or this one's really good with challenge or this yeah. one's really good with application or this one's really good with biblical hermeneutics so um yeah that's well, thanks for much. dropping in the this kind of intense subject of preaching like yeah. it's just a it's such a craft it's such a, a journey as a communicator to figure out how to be better so and, and you you're such a great communicator oh, i appreciate you taking tell us about that now you also are big into sports big time so yeah, you you talk about sports a lot. What who are your teams on, on yep. all major sports? Give yep. it to you. So I'm a big Michigan fan. So okay, I love, bless uh, your heart. You just yes. lost this past week. I did. We lost yeah. to Wisconsin bad. We got crushed. I'm, um, a, I'm a Jim Har- Harbaugh guy because he played for the Bears. He was quarterback. And, uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. So I I, I like Michigan uh, for college. Um, I like basketball too. Yeah, basketball. Yeah. Yeah. And I I like Duke as well. I think Coach K is great. Um, yeah. Clippers because they were cheap. They were cheaper. Um, and once Jordan left, I didn't know who to root for. Um, root so for now the, you're in great shape. I know. Yeah. I know. It's been finally. It's going to be amazing. But I thought we'd be great before with oh, sure. Lob City yeah, and yeah. it didn't work out. Um, love the Cubs. Love the Blackhawks. Love the Bears. Yeah. Okay. Great. Love Liverpool soccer. So that's probably probably. So where why, I'm at. now? Why do you like sport? What is it about sports that kind of is? Is it it's a place for you to get away from the communication world, preaching, church life, or do you find uh, ways that that just enhances your ministry? Yeah, I mean, I think it's something that the way that I was wired, I I could remember stats. Right. I could. I, I it was a way for connection with other guys and, yeah. and yeah. Um, people, and um, and I I find it fascinating how it's that intersection of faith, sports, and culture is a place where. There are so many potential um, storylines, right. like where you can take you can take a a story about um, you know recently Juwan Howard became the coach of yeah, Michigan's sure. basketball. Yeah. Takes the podium and he just breaks down crying. Right, sure. There's something so beautiful about that. Like when have you seen a grown man cry like that? Yeah. And and I just go, gosh, like we need those kinds of examples. And and you and I can have that conversation with a guy and right. it becomes an entry point Definitely. into other conversations about faith and culture yeah, sure. or, and, and, and I just go, um, there are some guys who love cars. Awesome. Some yeah, guys, sure. some people who love this. Uh, I love Chicago. I love cities like Pittsburgh. I love like cities where women are more fired up about their sports team. You <laughs> could just, you could have those conversations yeah. and it was like instant connection That's or right. instant fight. Right, and I love it. I love yeah, that it tension. Be an fight. So, so I always, you know, when I get around somebody who's a Green Bay Packers fan, yeah. I, it, it's an instant fight. And I is. love it. It yeah. is. It is. And, and there's, you and know, you're working with the Bears now. What is it that you're doing? Well, Are, so in the in the previous years, there'd be some of the players um, were super kind, and um, they they just had a team 
uh, Bible study. Okay. And the, and I would just come a couple times a week, and we would just and I would just kind of sit in and um, help facilitate, help be a part of it. But they they led it. They were wow. great. And so awesome. I was just there just to root them on, and and if there were questions that came up, um, but those those guys. Man, there was a number of them and their staff um, and some coaches who would come. Um, you know, most teams have a chaplain right, or will right. have a chapel service. But this was like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, wow, Friday. Extra work. They were just diving into the word, you know. So they were they were choosing that. And whenever you see guys like that who are trying to live their faith, you just kind of want to bless that and say, yeah, dude, sure. fan that into flame. Fan that into flame. This episode of Captain's Corner is brought to you by an anonymous donor who loves the ministry of the Salvation Army and RegisterToRing.com. RegisterToRing is the simple way to sign up to ring bells at the Salvation Army. Ringing bells is a cherished holiday tradition and money raised goes directly to help people in need in your community. To volunteer to ring in your community this holiday season, go to RegisterToRing.com to sign up today. You can sign up as an individual or a group. Just go to RegisterToRing.com. And let me just add that in Tampa, this has been a blessing to have Register to Ring in place. We've had a great expansion of our volunteer efforts because of Register to Ring. So check that out today. And our thanks to these sponsors for their help in producing Captain's Corner. You mentioned too, uh, some pe- people know you, know yeah. that you went through a transition with your time with Willow. And you described a little bit of this period of your life now. I think that could really speak to, uh, to pe- people often will find them pl- themselves in a desert place. And in, in the, at the Salvation Army Church that I'm serving right now, we're going through a series called, Are You There? Are We There Yet? And the idea with it is like, uh, we're following the Israelites' journey through Exodus. And this Sunday, I'm preaching on the desert, the, yeah. the university of the desert. That's and good. what we learned there on the way yeah. to the promised land. What are you learning in this time of your life as you... Yeah. I, mean, it's very, I appreciate you being vulnerable enough to say, like, this has been a healing desert time for me. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the, the desert, I mean, it comes from kind of the uh, a place of feeling deserted. Hmm. There's, uh, there's nothing that you can put your trust in that is, you know, like bricks that the Israelites yeah. had that something that they could point to that said, I'm worthy. Wow. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a place that's wild. Yeah. It's a place that, you know, you start reading some of the Psalms that David wrote while he was in the caves. Yeah, sure. And you start seeing Elijah, you know, going out to the desert and into the wilderness. And you just, it, it, it became a place that was character school. Mm-hmm. Was... Um, almost hearts being retrained. And, and here's the thing. Every one of us needs to learn, relearn, and unlearn what is true about God. And the desert's that place to wow. discover. And so, Say that again. Those, those, uh, to, relearn, to learn, to unlearn, and to relearn wow. the truth about God and who He is and um, what His heart is. And for us to orient our lives to be more in step and in tune and in harmony with Him. And, and, and the desert is a place um, that is unlike any other. You know, mm-hmm. the Hebrew people had left Egypt, but the truth is Egypt had never left them. Right, yeah. So the desert and the wilderness is the place where God kind of flushes the system. Yeah. And yeah. so, um, 
Yeah, it's, I'm looking at this song uh, this week. Uh, it kind of shows my age a little bit with um, Sarah Groves. I don't even remember her. She yeah, has this song. Yeah. I mean, she's known for this great song with the uh, Grey's Eye Faithfulness. Yeah. He's always been faithful. But there's a song she has. It's probably not as well known, but she says, I've been painting pictures of Egypt, leaving out what it lacks. Yes. Like, the, fu- the future seems so hard, but I want to go back. back. Like in like in the middle of the desert, it'd be easy to say, you know, I just assume go back to Egypt. That's right. Uh, but th- God's doing something there. So right. And we can choose if we want to leverage that for yep. the future he has for us or not. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, uh, like what else do you feel like in this time? Like you're, yeah. anything else you want to say about that? We can no, no. That when, I, when, I was in the, when I was in Israel and Palestine, um, a rabbi once told me, he said that, um, you know, what's what's interesting about Westerners is that, you know, the, the biblical narrative is, you know, Egypt, the desert, the promised land. Right. And most Westerners would look at their life in those three sections and say, okay, maybe 5% in Egypt, maybe 5% in the wilderness, and 90% right. in the promised land. Right. And he said, you know, what's amazing is most rabbis would say that it's like 10%, 15% in Egypt, 10%, 15% in the promised land. Wow. And Most 70 to 75% desert. in the desert. Wow. But I don't think we know how to live well in the desert wow. because we're an achievement culture. Right. And we don't have muscles on how to grieve. Wow. And we don't have um, those places where everything's been stripped away. And all you have is the sounds of coyotes and the sounds of the the dark and the, the sounds of just dryness. And yeah. you still have to recognize, is God there? Wow. Is God yeah. still with me? Is God still for me? Is God, are you still leading me somewhere? And that's, and that's when you start going, like the Sarah Grove song, take me back. Yeah. I know it lacks, but at least I was in control. Right, sure. At least I knew I, I had some bricks to make. Yeah, you know, right? I, I have I no food. control. Yeah. I, and I have no control where it's going. Mm. And so I think that's, we're in the season where I don't know what five years from now is. Right. I know, I, I know I'm put on this earth to, to preach and to write and to pastor. I don't know what that's going to look like. Mm. And so it's, it's requiring daily manna. Yeah. It's requiring... Yeah daily dependent it's requiring the god of just enough to continue to guide us and lead us which sometimes our western culture um helps us not have to entertain right right you know what i mean so so that's it's it's uh not what i ever saw coming but it's it's teaching me a ton well thanks for sharing about that i mean i know that that's a really intense time and i'm really glad that in the midst of this time you get to do a lot of salvation army work totally. right so we're, we're so it's a gift to the salvation army you're with us now here's my question about the salvation army um for you so when your friends uh, you're talking to them and you're saying yeah i'm going to do another salvation army event what do you say the salvation army is because most people don't know that we're a church most people will understand yeah. they think we're doing something good but yeah kettles Furniture. I mean, they get some of that. But what do you say to people about the Salvation Army when they ask, when you tell them you're going to do an event? <laughs> yeah, I mean, most most people are, you know, if they if they don't know, they're like, they're saying the exact same thing. Like, right. you're going to a thrift store, right? Or you're, sure. You know, like, wait, what's that? Wait, what, what are you doing? You know, yeah. Occasionally, you'll have like, I used to be a part of uh, a core. You know, oh, you'll get that. You know? Okay, yeah. Um, but some, most of the time, my friends are like, what, what are you doing? And yeah. and I just said. There is this group of people that are some of the most diverse that have empowered both women and men yeah. 
Um, they are passionate about the spirit. They are passionate about evangelism. They really are upholding the least of these and they're trying to do the most good for the kingdom. And for some apparent reason, they've captured my heart. Mm. And I, I love, I love what I get to do. I believe in their mission and I just feel so privileged to be able to go. And usually my friends are like, that's cool. You know what I mean? That's cool. Yeah. yeah. yeah you know, yeah, it's so. interesting. It, I mean, cause you, you have a unique perspective of coming in here and at, at these different points. Now, have you been to many Salvation Army cores or churches? Have you? So I've been, I've been to a couple in the central territory. Okay. Um, cause that's where I was living. And I've yeah. been to a couple in the Western territory when okay. I lived there. Um, but I, I've not been to any of the Southern because obviously you just never lived in the right, South, sure. you know, but, um, I've been, I've never been, I've been to Atlanta Temple. Right. Um, but I've never been there for an actual core right, gathering, right, sure. you know, so, um, there, there, uh, there's like this dream I have of someday, like, I want to like almost like go to all of these, like, from Houston Temple. I want to like uh-huh. go to all these, like, oh, you should come to Tampa. We'll Tampa, yeah, yeah, Tampa yeah, yeah, is like, right. you know, and, and part of it too is like, even just the ARCs, right? Sure. You know, yeah. I did the ARC, the um, this adult rehabilitation. Yeah. Uh, like those women and men are so fired up yeah. for Jesus, and so, so when we get you to Tampa, yes, here's what we'll do: like ARC, uh, the Adult Rehabilitation Center, their service is at eight, yeah, you know, and then ours is at eleven. So you can Come do on. both. There we'll we go. We'll That's it. it That's it. I love it. it. I love it. That's good. I'm so glad that you get uh, have had this opportunity to engage the yeah. army. Do you have any critique for us for the army? You have a critique of what you you observe because you you have a unique voice into the army. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I, so here, here's here's the crazy part: is all of our blessings and our strengths can be sometimes our our greatest. Yeah, amen. It's like true. struggles and and curses, you know. So, um, I think what's fascinating is you all have built yourselves into. A very non-personality driven. Yes, that's true. Um, except for your founding family. Right. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So there's a little bit of founder's mentality. Definitely. Where people yes. like exalt the, exalt the, the founder, the Catherine booth, booth yeah. which, which is great. And then mm-hmm. I, I like, I love Catherine Booth's quotes. I love William Booth's quotes. And like, I've gotten, I've been so fascinated by that. Even Brengle, like reading about holiness and learning. Uh, but, I think there was a season where people trusted institution. Right, right, yeah. And right now, we're in a time where there's great cynicism towards institutions. Right. And people have been connected to personality who have let them down, who have been connected to an institution. Right, right, right. right. You know this very well. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. So, so now you've got... People who are moving every three to four years who might be doing a really great job in Tampa and then get moved to some role in El Paso. Right. But the person who follows them, they didn't choose them. Right. Yeah. So it's beautiful, right? It's non-personality. That's right. Yeah. It's negative. Definitely. Because now it's making people... have to choose an inst- to trust an institution right. when everything around them right. is saying you can't trust an institution. It's just a catch twenty two. So do I think it's wrong? No. Do I think right, it's, right, right. it's the best model? I'm not sure. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like right. it's 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 because I've seen on the other side where people 
trust a personality, personality doesn't work out. And all of a sudden people are like, well, you know, but I've seen it on this side. It's the antithesis. Yes. And yeah. so, but both of it creates, uh, are the values upheld in such a way and known by the cores yes. and by the, by the, you know, people that are within the cores to say, oh, this is, this is why this happens. Or do people go, oh, yeah. You know, here's another my, new person. Yeah, yeah another here, new person. Yeah, like, oh, wait, I don't like this one. Pray, right. Preachers come, uh, officers come, officers go. Praise God from them all. Blessings flow. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. And 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 I think and sometimes when we're dealing with people who have significant issues of trauma, yeah, or wounds of abandonment, yes, and now going, I had a connection yeah. with the Millers, and yeah. now the Millers are somewhere else. Yeah. What do, what do I do with, you know, so I think it's, it's just, a tension it's to manage. It's a tension to yeah, manage. Yeah. Again, critique. Like I think, that, and again, in a in a culture right now where I think we've made Christian celebrities, yeah. I actually think it's really, really beautiful and to keep the mission about Jesus. Yes. Um, but it's, it's in a unique season culturally right now where military yeah. and institution, that's, those are, those are just depending on where you are in the country. Right. Harder yes. um, or more beautiful. Yeah, I, I, it's, I think it's just good to expose some of it, to, to yeah. think through these challenges. Like there's two kind of church systems, congregational and kind of Episcopal. Or, yeah. And so we're this Episcopal system and we trust in like yeah. everything is owned by the, the corporation, the Salvation Army, large institution, and we move people in and out. Yeah. And, and God can use that and God has used it. But there is a sense that it does create a, an environment where there's not much as Ownership isn't at the local level totally. in a congregational yeah. But like you said, there's strengths and weaknesses to that. Well, and and, and then I, I hear stories of like there can be the local ownership because an officer comes in and goes, man, we just – and it's yeah. – you know, there's something happening right here and there's just amazing. And and like you just start to see the growth and you see people coming to faith. And I was just in Texas and I heard this amazing story with their officers of this just core and God was just – I mean, it's just growing. Yeah, and you see yeah. them and you go, it, and, and I asked, I pulled this officer aside. I said, why is it happening? He just said, three hard years. Wow. Of tilling, awesome. praying. Desert. And desert. <laughs> and that's just, and this is the, the year of fruit. Yeah. And it's, thanks be to God, there's mm-hmm. three years of praying, developing, yeah. difficult, you know? And mm. so, so again, it was just such a beautiful story in yeah. that regard. So, um, I don't know. I, I think that's I, good. Now you did a great job. Yeah. Question. I, yeah. I didn't tell you I was going to say that. No, so no, no. I, 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 I always want to make sure that it's not like, I don't want to feel like I'm like jab because again, I just think there's so many, so many pluses. Um, the, the other thing I would say is, uh, the, the Gen X millennial, um, you have so many boomer officers. Hmm. Um, what's the what's the future? You know, like there. I mean, I wouldn't put this on there, but like then they close down up the Pomona core and the West Territory. Okay. You know, the, they're starting. They sold off the Sacramento ARC, Seattle ARC. Right. There, there are not enough officers. Yeah, yeah, I, and I think. There's a mission and there's a need, but there's not enough officers. I think that's a question. Right. What's what's behind that? What's yes. the reason for that? And then I think when there's not enough, that also creates some elevation of people into roles that probably aren't ready for it. Sure. Yeah. 
yeah. command posts of like, I mean, Houston, those mm-hmm. are huge. Dallas, yeah, Baltimore. I mean, DC, Tampa, yeah, like yeah, big yeah. roles, yeah. and just kind of go. You need those cities to thrive. Yeah. So it's just it's yeah. it's those are the pieces that I'm watching, kind of going. What's the development? And then you're so good Monday through Saturday. Yes. And I don't feel like Sunday is Thank you. that Preach important. It. Yeah. Um, well, this is I, I think that the challenge one of the yeah. things that you're starting to expose is how we exist as a healthy congregation that's, that's reaching right. our community. Yeah. Yeah. And that's while we have we have great events, we have great Monday through Saturday. Yeah. Like what can we do to make sure we're emphasizing that what we do on Sunday of bringing people, like trying to get new people in, yeah. like we're, we can, our uniforms can work in the opposite direction yeah. that they're meant to. Like they're yeah. meant to bring people in, but often it can close people out. Yeah. Like what, and you could probably teach us a lot about that um, with how, Large churches welcome new people, how they prioritize yeah. that ex- the experience of the new person. So if we use insider language, insider techniques, Salvation Army-isms, yeah. what does that say to a, a, a millennial who doesn't trust an institution and I'm walking up to them in a uniform? Yeah. Um, I'm not saying that we didn't need to necessarily throw it away, but we need to start thinking, how do we get to new people? How yeah. do we get to people? It, it, what's the essence of the Salvation Army? And I think it's more or less related to what we believe about the gospel yeah. and the, its power to change people's lives and its That's power good. to change society. Good. That's what where the power yeah. of the army is, not in the form. So the forms can and have been wonderful. Some of those things might need to change. I interrupted you a little bit, but well, no, I, you were talking about Sunday needing well, to be Well, but I think, I, think, I think what you guys do is so well is like in, if you think about this is such a, a a very um, small, and there's so many ecclesiology like yeah. probably misses in this. But if you think of congregation, corporation, and you think of cause, mm-hmm. you guys do cause, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, sure. And you're consistent with that. And there is this corporation, like you need to talk about the Episcopal, like you, there is yeah, a yeah. sense of this, you know. And I think, and and how did. And I know so many churches who get congregation right, but have no cause. Right. Sure. Sure. Right. Or 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 thirty million, fifty million dollars in debt. Like yeah, sure. there's no leader. Like so, there's a sense where, um, man, how how do we have a healthy functioning, hundred sixty eight hour expression? Yeah, sure. Of the of the people of God, and and that's where I think, you know, so many churches can learn from the army, and. There are so many gifted communicators and preachers within the army. I mean, I, I get around. I, I, we were in that meeting today. And, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know who she yeah, was. Sheena she, Marquis, she, one of my good friends. Yeah, yeah she, she stood up, up and she. I was like, she's got a speaking gift. I just yeah. felt like I need to call that out. You get around Marion Platt. Yeah. He's got a preaching. I mean, you just yeah, get around sure. people and you go, these are voices. Yeah. And you you have them with it. You know, so it's just how, how are those voices leveraged in a way that keep telling the story and also what I'd say is what I love is you guys are consistent. Mm-hmm. Consistent for over the test of time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just like, oh, one year it's no uniforms. One year it is uniform. Like there's just a consistency in the brand. And that's, um, that's, that's worthy of like respect. I think no matter which generation, yeah. you might not like, oh, I wish it was a little different or maybe this was a little. I think you step back and go, Gosh, for so many years, fifty-four years, right? We've yeah. been doing it this way. It's not about us, right? It's yeah. about the least of these, and it's about serving, and it's about s's yeah. salvation soup. You know, I mean, it's just like it's just 
it's we've been doing this. I'd love I'd love to get you to more Salvation Army core, you know, our churches, because I think I think you could speak into that world in a helpful yeah. way. All right, I'm going to do a quick like lightning type of thing. Yeah, sure. So, greatest sports movie for you? Greatest sports movie would be Remember the Titans. Okay, that's what I'm going right now, but I'll I'll deny it later. Now but... you're a Michigan fan. Yeah. I'm an Indiana Hoosiers fan, so Hoosiers Sorry. is the greatest. Hoosiers, greatest that's good. Fan. I like it. It's great. It's a great one. Beat you in the '77. That's true. Yeah. Um, so, how about this? Uh, greatest sports moment for you as a fan? Whew. Uh I saw the Michigan national championship Did when you? they won '97. Um, okay, that was a great one. Um, but I'd probably say I was at Game Five of the Cubs World Series. Were you? Yeah. So okay. we obviously won in, in the seventh game against Cleveland, but um, Game Five was the first time we won at Wrigley. Okay, so, awesome. That's fun. Tell tell a story about Dallas Willard that you just told that you know, a few minutes ago. Um, in Dallas uh, Willard, he wrote the Divine Conspiracy, the Great Admission. Um, I just stalked him for a number of years. But, truly, um, truly, truly stalked him. Truly stalked yeah, him. Yeah, I, yeah. I I called USC once because when every time I read a book and I I appreciate an author, I want to just tell him thank you for blessing me. And you do and, that. You'll go face to face as much as you face can. Face to yeah, face, yeah. or I'll call him or okay. shoot him an email, and so I just. Um, I just try and hound them just to let them know because I want someone to feel like what they did actually blessed someone. And, yeah, sure. Um, and so I, I called USC and they gave me his home number because he was wow. on sabbatical. <laughs> and so uh, my friends in college, uh, I said I was going to call. I called, left a message, and then they were like, you should call again. So I called again. And then he never called back. So they are like, you should call again. And so I think I called 17 straight days and finally his, his wife <laughs> picked up. You called Dallas Bullard's house yeah, 17 yeah. straight days. Yeah. Okay. His wife picked up and she was super, super kind. And um, I never called again um, after that. But I ended up running into him a few years later. And um, we did this lunch in Michigan together um, with a few other pastors. And they all basically said their full name. And then he said, he he pointed at me and I said my name is Steve Carter and and he looked away and then looked back like <laughs> I know your name uh, which also I didn't did, say did this did he say anything to you about no, it no okay, he didn't yeah, say yeah. anything he just looked at me you know and he I just he, I, you know he, he knew he knew yeah. but uh, I ended up preaching at a camp in California and his granddaughter was okay, there interesting. and I told the story about him and um and it was it was like really really meaningful because. And this is just a good word for I think preachers is yeah. someone had preached the year before, yeah, didn't know she was in the audience, and said something terrible about Dallas. No, okay. And so, like she, she was like, "That's my grandfather." Yeah, sure. You know what I mean? And um, and so I, I just I, I said this thing, and she came up, and then I told her the story, um, and so then I think she went and talked to her grandma. Like that texted her grandma, and her grandma goes, "I remember that call." <laughs> so wow. like it was just okay, amazing. awesome. Think, That's yeah. fun. Well, I, you give me a lot of time here. I appreciate. It. I know you you didn't get lunch today. You're had a busy, had a busy trip here, uh, but we just appreciate you, Steve, and the word that, that you bring to the Salvation Army. And we pray mm-hmm. that as you move through this time in the desert and healing, oh. that He'll continue to shape your future and that thanks. you'll follow Him. So thanks yeah. so much. Thanks so much, man. I really appreciate it. And, uh, it's an honor to be in Captain's Corner. <laughs> there you go. It's the name of it. All right, God bless you. <laughs> thanks, man. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Captain's Corner. Next week on the podcast, we have Pam Maynard. She is the editor of the Salvation Army Peer Magazine. 
If you'd like to learn more about us, please feel free to check us out at tampasa.org and give us a follow on Twitter at Sal Army Tampa. And of course, go ahead and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Thanks so much for joining us. See you next time.